Blog Talk Radio. Women have the power to transform this world. We can end crime and violence if we all agree to do one thing. Share. Let's share our wisdom, share our time, share our talents, share our finances, but most of all, let's share our love. This is The Female Solution. Join me, Naima Latif, every morning, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, as we bring you stimulating discussions about the issues affecting our lives. If you're listening online at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the-female-solution, press the blue button that says follow and get our daily topics every morning directly to your email and your smartphone. Hi, I'm Naima Latif executive producer of the Female Solution Radio Show. We invite you to call in 515-605-9325 and participate in this daily think tank as we examine the challenges we face and develop solutions that restore peace and harmony. We are global transformers, changing the world from the way it is to the way it should be. We are one. Wherever we live on this earth, we are one human family. On behalf of our team of radio hosts, I'd like to extend a greeting to all the members of our family, whenever and wherever you may be listening around the world. To our family in China, Ni Hao. In India, Namaste. In Japan, Konnichiwa. In Korea, Annyeonghaseyo. In Russia, Zdrastutsye. In Germany, Guten Tag. In Poland, Dzień Dobry. In France, bonjour. In Spain, hola. In Italy, ciao. In Egypt, athen wasalan. In Ghana, akwaba. In Nigeria, peleo. In South Africa, saobona. In Senegal, nangadef. In Kenya, jambo. In Israel, shalom. In Pakistan, Afghanistan, and Saudi Arabia, assalamu alaikum. Greetings. And may peace be upon you all. Grand Rising, and thank you all for joining us on this Thursday edition of the Female Solution Global Radio TV Show. I'm Naima Latif, and you are going to be joining a conversation with Dr. Debbie Green. This is Soulful Solutions with Dr. Debbie Green. Many people struggle with emotional insecurities. Some people hide it and some let it out with a shout to the world. There are many factors on how a person obtains a mindset of insecurities or securities. When we are emotionally imbalanced, impulsivity and emotions lead to decisions and interrupt, well, they lead to indecision, and they interrupt the thinking process to make wise choices. So join Dr. Debbie Green as we discuss this matter in full on Soulful Solutions. Have you been in a situation where you are feeling insecure, afraid to step out and make a decision, afraid to take on a challenge, afraid to perhaps transcend the limitations that the world says you represent? Have you been taught? that you are less than? 
Have you been made to believe that you're not good enough? You're not smart enough. You're not pretty enough. You're not from the right family. You are simply deficient. Have you been made to feel that in your life? Have you been defined by the people who raised you as somehow disappointing or lacking? If you have absorbed these thoughts and believed these thoughts, then these are the things that manifest in your decisions as you take on the beliefs given to you by the people who have raised you. If you have allowed yourself to believe that you are less than, that you are somehow lacking, defective, unworthy, then even the relationships that you attract to you are going to reflect that belief about yourself. This is what it's all about, what you believe about yourself. That is what you create in your life a reflection of what you believe about yourself. And no one can change what you believe about yourself except you. So sometimes you have to look at the origins of where these beliefs came from, gave you the idea that you were defective. And how did you allow that thought to permeate your mind and convince you it was true? And are you acting out that thought by always taking the lesser role or maybe being afraid to take on responsibilities? Are you somehow diminishing yourself and demeaning yourself even in the way you have permitted people to treat you? Collection of how you feel about yourself, feelings of unworthiness, inferiority, feelings that you somehow don't deserve what other people deserve. These are beliefs that can be ingrained as a result of how we were raised, the things said to us in our childhood, the things that we thought about ourselves based on how our parents treated us. And it becomes a challenge to overcome false beliefs about oneself, especially when they tend to be reinforced by others who treat us badly or say things about us that make us doubt ourselves. So often we are stuck in a way of thinking and can't get out of it. We can't seem to change the pattern of self-depreciation. Even if someone says something complimentary, we'll turn it into some kind of an insult. Someone might say, oh, your hair looks beautiful today. And impulsively you say, oh, well, this is just a wig. So we want to join Dr. Debbie Green as she helps us in this manner.
pleasure seeing you today, as always. Before we get started with our topic, I just want to ask a question. You know, have you been holding on to things lately? Are you a little more sensitive than most? Are you, you know, easily disturbed, temperamental, irritated, agitated, all the 80s, <laughs> frustrated very easily? Are you that kind of person? Do you find yourself being overly emotional? Do you find yourself, you know, you know, feeling things all the time? You say, well, I just wish I wasn't so emotional. And do people tell you, you know, why do you get so upset so fast? What's wrong? Do they tell you? I mean, do your atmosphere speak to you? Let's say atmosphere. I'm talking about the people that you're around on your job. You know, because some will tell you and some won't. Some will go tell some other people besides telling you. Just tell somebody else, and then they may get back to you in an odd way. But I'm just saying. Do you find yourself to be emotional, too emotional? Well, today's topic is just for you. You know, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about emotional stability, but most of, most of all, security, uh, you know, being secure within yourself, being secure within your being, because your emotions are a part of you. It's the strongest part of you. It's not your mind. It's your emotions, because most people feel through life. They go through a whole lot of processes and, you know, processes which means that I'm thinking about this, I'm feeling this, I don't know what to do type of moment. So I just want to discuss that a little bit. I want to break it down so that if you need to adjust things, you need to, uh, you know, change some habits, change the way you respond, change how you Look at yourself as a person, you know, when it comes to your emotions. Wanting to be more emotionally stable is a very good thing. Um, What that does is it helps us to realize when we are out of control. We must realize when we are out of control. Um, And if we, uh, you have some people that say, well, you know, Drama is always around for me. Seems like everywhere I go, it's drama. Hmm. It's not everywhere you go is drama. It's just you. Because everywhere is not drama. It's you thinking that it's drama. So then what happens is you start acting out as soon as the opportunity hits you before you can process that thought. Hmm. This, if I do this, then what's going to happen? No, you are reactive, not proactive. That's what emotional insecurity means. And there is a factor, there are means, there, there are situations in our life that cause this to happen. Well, we've been suppressing uh, emotions ever since we were kids, you know, holding things inside. You know, holding things inside, not not telling a soul, thinking, oh, nobody knows. Nobody knows. Hey, I don't even know. You know, all I know is that I can't say what I want to say when I want to say it because I'm too concerned about who's going to say this to me or 
do this to me. So I was told to be quiet. And that's what parents do, especially when we want to show our emotions. Sit down. Be quiet. Don't say a word. So guess what? We are taught that. When we're crying, be quiet. I'll give you something to cry for. Don't say a word. So what happens is our brain literally takes that seriously. So we get into this area where we just stuff it, okay? And I mean, I'm serious. We stuff our emotions. We stuff our thoughts. We swallow it. And we don't say anything about it. And we keep doing it over and over again until it becomes what they call a habit. And a habit is an addiction after a while, just so you know. Now we are addicted to this emotional suppression. And you want to know why you all stressed out. You want to know why your emotional you know, roller coaster ride has affected your relationship. Well, the question is, do you want to do something to change it? Or do you want to look like that for the rest of your life? This is the question. I would ask you, what good has it done thus far? Has it given people a perception that you may not be as emotionally stable as you want to be? Do you anger very easily? Did you get irritated? I'm just saying. It's hard for people to come up and talk to you without you being very judgmental or being abrupt. When you're temperamental, when you're angry, is it easy for you to come out of it, or do you hold grudges for a long time? You know, forgiveness in your heart. I'm just talking about emotional insecurity. All of those things make a big, big difference in who you are and how your life is going to be formed. It's going to make a big difference in your children's life because if you're not emotionally available for yourself, how are you going to be emotionally available for your children? Things like this really affect people's lives on a very high level. And before we realize it, people who don't understand it think you're treating them like they're invisible. Because remember, you ain't feeling, feeling anything. The only way to feel something is acknowledging that you're feeling it and actually know what you're feeling. But if you're feeling something that you have no idea what you're feeling, then you don't acknowledge it. And that's the problem. Anytime we get into that mindset of just feeling and not knowing what we're feeling, why we're feeling, how long we're feeling, anything can happen at any time. And I'm not saying, if you're feeling joy, okay, give me more joy, by all means, more peace. 
that I can overflow with. But if I'm feeling anger, guilt, shame, remorse, grief, discontentment, jealousy, envy, irritability, I don't want to keep feeling that all the time. I don't think anyone should feel that all the time. And if you are, you need to ask yourself, how emotionally secured are you? Because those particular things I just mentioned is areas of insecurity, jealousy, envy, especially. When you go through a grief process, you're going to feel. When we're grieving over loss, it is normal to feel. It is normal to express. It's normal. It's abnormal to act like it doesn't exist. Oh, that's right. I'll stay busy. I'll just keep working. I'll keep taking care of the kids. Because I don't want to feel this. As soon as when it comes knocking at your heart, you immediately run away. Why is that? Won't you feel, won't you feel your stuff so that you can stop suppressing? If you keep suppressing, you're going to cause damage if you haven't already. When we suppress emotions, it goes deep down inside our being and it causes a rupture. It causes stress and excessive pressure, which then alters our chemistries in our brain, whether you realize it or not. It causes adrenaline to be released at the inopportune time, which then turns into cortisol, which is a chemical that produces stress radicals. And I spoke about this before on another show, that is. I just want you to understand that your being is extremely important to you and you need to listen to it. Your being from the top of your head to the toes of your feet is telling you something. The question is, are you listening? So again, our topic is very important to life. Are you emotionally secure? Insecurity versus security. For those who are watching on you, please subscribe to our channel. Give me a thumbs up or something. Or let me know if there's a topic or something that you want me to discuss. I would gladly do so. Anything that you would like, Dr. Deb knows a little about. But I would love to help you in some kind of way. Well, first, before we get started, um, again, you know, I want to break this down to you, what emotions are. I want you to understand that you are not just some type of energy that's walking around this earth. No, you are divinely created. And every part of you has a task. Every, Every part of you has a task as well as every unit our system in your body has a mission, and emotions also have a mission. When emotions come from the heart, because that's where they are, they're controlled in the mind, but they are created in the heart. 
the heart creates emotion because they have emotional intelligence. It's not just the organ that's pumping blood throughout your body. It does multi things. So as it's creating this wonderful thing called emotions, emotions are sent so that we can notice them. Well, a lot of us don't. A lot of us don't notice the emotions until they become very severe and they start disturbing us. When they start disturbing us, that means it's going to wake you up at night. Yes, it will. It'll keep you from sleeping. Because it's going to send thoughts to your brain about the things that you've been carrying in your heart. Which is called the issues of life, by the way. It wants your attention. The question is, are you giving it your attention or are you ignoring it as you've been doing for many years? Oh, that's right. You pay attention to some and in other ones you ignore because you don't want to deal with it. You want to suppress those. Yeah, I get it. Nobody likes to feel pain. But pain is the attachment for growth. It is the understanding of I am present with myself. I am present with my pain. I am disappointed. I am happy. I'm sad. Whatever it is that you are, you need to be present with that. All right, I see my host on the backstage. We're going to go ahead and bring her on. Well, Grand Rising. I'm wonderful, and how are you this morning? I am doing Intense pain, 
okay? Yeah. And the brain will say, okay, let me push that button, then it'll feel. And it'll take away some of that intensity, but it can't take all. It won't take all. So you have to feel through it. So those messages from our heart, again, where the emotions are stored, and the brain has the regulator when it is working properly, but those messages in our heart are called emotions, messages. So they are sent to the brain in a fashion, usually during the time of some type of event, experience, or whatever the case may be. They're sent to the brain, and then the brain sends another message that either is going to receive it or it's not. So yeah. this insecurity or fear it's going to send back to the heart, fear, anger, frustration. Because remember, it's the regulator. Yeah. And when I say regulator, that doesn't mean that it turns it on and turns it off. It keeps it. The ego defense mechanism is working properly. You know, saying will protect us from offense and defense are going into the threat system. Now, if it's not working properly, we feel fear on the highest levels. Now, either we can actually acknowledge those fears or we can make it feel like they're not there. Mm. You know, it seems that this whole process starts early in childhood, the fear-based response. And when people experience from their parents, their environment, you know, early memories, either of a a, a put down of them or a, a punishment of them, inflicting emotional or physical pain of some sort, that sets up a pattern where they're constantly acting out of fear, uh, acting uh, or responding to every situation with fear, self-doubt, the voice in your mind becomes a replay of what you've heard earlier in life. And so this is Mm -hmm. what shapes the personality, the belief system. And, you know, I've observed even when people have been subjected to a lot of negative feedback. They start to give it to themselves because they don't know how to encourage themselves because they haven't received encouragement. So the only emotion they have or that they have a memory of or an imprint of is one of self-depreciation, self-deprecation, self-put-down. And it becomes difficult to come out of that if you don't have a memory of a time when someone made you feel good about yourself. Mm-hmm. It does. It does. Um, and we we call those the uh, emotional stimulators from childhood. It stimulates and forms uh, the emotions um, based upon what they call osmosis, which is our, our senses soak up everything as a child. That's the way we learn. We learn through our senses. And if there's ever sound, 
test negative actions that we see, you know, it, it reduces feelings of insecurities and fear, inadequacies, as one would say, right? So here we are, you know, at five years old experiencing that. Then we go into areas of our, uh, you know, adolescent years. Uh, most families, parents, whoever raised a child, does not notice the damage. They just don't because they don't notice the damage in themselves. So what happens is they continue to do what they're doing even when they should have stopped. You see what I'm saying? They should have, you know, noticed that, oh, I'm saying the wrong thing, I'm doing the wrong thing. But they're, you know, damaged people raise damaged people. That's what happens. Okay. That's that's the cycle that they're challenged to break. Reality. Yeah. Yeah, if they continue to be damaged, now if they recognize what they're doing at some given point, or if the person that is receiving it recognizes what is happening, uh, they have that choice to say, you know, no, I'm not going to be I'm, I'm going to be something else. You know, and then that's when things change, but they don't change unless there has to be a wake-up call. That's that's the thing. <laughs> what can wake you up to know that what was done to you was damaging to you and you should not repeat it in the way you raised your children? I've heard people stand by verbal abuse as a way to motivate their child to try harder, and they say, well, this is what my parents did to me. And I turned all right. I turned out all right. Well, you know, you know they didn't turn out all right. You know that they're the people who are always, they always have some kind of confrontative problem with everybody because of their own low self-esteem because they were raised with a lot of verbal abuse, criticism, put down. And, yeah, they might, they might even be high achievers because they were trying to avoid the pain of, being made to feel bad if they failed at something or if they didn't get the straight A's on the report card or, you know, whatever other thing that they're striving for. So they may be high achievers in terms of maybe their career or whatever the case may be, but they're not kind people. They're very hurtful people because of the way they were raised, the way they were motivated. They were motivated out of fear of being made to feel bad because if they did anything that was less than excellent, they were reprimanded or punished or put down. And so they're believing that this is the way you motivate and they don't know any other way. And so when you say to them, you shouldn't say that to your child. Well, you have to make them try harder. I turned out all right. Look, I achieved so-and-so and -and so-and-so. But are you a nice person? No. So that's not the way you motivate excellence in another human being by shaming them or or making them fear public humiliation if they fail. That's that's not positive motivation. And yet that's the model that too many of us were raised with. And we think because we achieved some high status in academics or or uh, careers that that is the success that is important when, in fact, what we've become as a human being is another hurtful person that hurts people. So how does a person recognize 
that this is not what they should be doing and that they didn't turn out okay and that they're inflicting harm the people that are depending on them for love and nurturing. How do, how do we help people awaken to that reality? Well, again, unfortunately, something, the universe usually causes something to happen more than one time. Sometimes the first time, the third time, or whatever, is, I mean, it's, it's almost like uh, un, unawareness. You have to have self-awareness to know when you're in trouble um, in any state of mind or whatever, or situation. Um, if you don't have self-awareness, then you don't know. So you're just floating through life. Just life. You have no purpose within yourself, no identity. Um, and even all the damage that has been done over the years, it is just festering within you. Um, and most of the time, I can say that if there's a total interruption of it more than one time, it's going to cause a mental illness. Mm. Depression or anxiety usually, you know, slides in there at some given rate because um, I've seen it happen. I've heard the stories over and over again of how I was in this situation, how I grew up, how I did this, what type of trauma I had. You know, all of that actually leads to sickness. Mm. Um and the latter part of life, you know, like the, when I say the latter part, I'm talking about, you know, 25 and older, 35, 45, 55, 65. A lot of those, um, if you are having some issues, they got to be severe for you to wake up. Most people don't pay attention to the smallest signs. You, they got to have big signs. Something has to fall apart. Fall, I mean, crack open. Unfortunately, we are not a society that understands damaged goods. Mm. We, 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 we don't, when, right before of when it's getting written, no, no, it has to happen. It has to get to the extreme before anyone notices. So do you think think sometimes a perhaps a relationship breaking up can make a person self-reflect, especially if they may have had a pattern of relationships ending, ending in an explosive way, ending in a way that the other person is so angry at them? Because we've all known people with successive relationships that end and they are always saying, well, these men are crazy or these women are crazy. I mean, they're always pointing to the other party as the problem and they don't see the pattern in their lives and what they're doing. Uh, And so they never self-examine. And yet, you know, if if you've been in a relationship, the person didn't suddenly lose their mind. You know what, what? What? Either your powers of discernment or your own behavior made that that love relationship suddenly turn hateful. You know, I, I can see when people when people end a relationship is like, okay, we've just grown in different directions. We no longer have the same commonalities. Well, you know, let's not hamper each other's growth. We can separate, and it doesn't have to be this big drama. But some people 
is always drama involved, always intense drama, and they don't see that it's coming from them. No, because they're the ones that are putting it out. They're not the ones that's receiving it. Only the ones that are receiving it are aware of that discomfort. Most mm-hmm. people push out things that's already inside of them, yeah. which is, uh, you know, a form of just execution. It's just, it's just coming out. You know, the laws of karma or laws of affinity tells you whatever you put out, you're going to get back. You're going to get back. Uh, you know, more forceful most of the time. You don't get back the same amount. You usually get back a little more. So, uh, you know, as we are examining, you know, everything, um, we we want to, and, we, and you know, people don't self-explore. Yeah. They don't. They don't self-evaluate. Yeah. They just exist to buy. You got, you know, you don't live, you got to self-explore and self-evaluate. Yeah. Now you live. Yeah. So, do we need to take a break or just, or? Well, we're, we're. Having a little bit of trouble with the switchboard today. I've been working on that. Uh, I did check and make sure that our, our callers can hear. So I, I <laughs> um, so I've checked to make sure our callers can hear, but for some reason our uh, commercials aren't activating. So okay, no so we'll just keep going and tell we'll it. Carry on. Yeah, carry on. <laughs> we will carry on. That's what we do. That's what we do. Okay. All right. So no problem. So let's look at some uh, definitely some uh, securities. Uh, Let's start with the securities, emotional instability. What does that mean to be emotionally, you know, secure or emotionally stable? Uh, You know, it comes with a few things. It comes with proactive thinking, that's for sure. Um, is that, you know, do we think about everything before we do it? We should, but most, mm-hmm. sometimes, most of the time we don't. Our brains are hardwired, you know what I'm saying? I mean, hardwired, which yeah. means that whatever's in place is, is in there. If, uh, if you want to, if you want to take it out, you don't have to do some over and over and over, you know? It's just like Rewiring. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like having a ride a bike. You once you learn how to ride a bike, you'll never forget how to ride a bike. Mm-hmm. Never. Right. Once you learn how to drive a car, you won't forget you it. Unless forget you it. have some kind of dementia or something, but normally you won't forget it. Right. So whatever we learn, okay, whatever we learn in our behavior is a continuance. So if this, uh, you know, if we have a history, uh, you know. What they, what they call being emotionally sensitive to things, you know, with a low window tolerance. Mm-hmm. Some people are like, oh, I'm just sensitive like that. I don't have any patience. You hear that often. Yes. Yes. I don't, I don't have any patience. Okay, when they say that, what does that mean for them? Right. That means that they don't want and they've decided not to feel through things, not mm-hmm. to process things. So it's abrupt. Most of the things get slide over. Oh, I'm not worried about that. Let's go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now the question we, we is, ignore it. the question is, why would a person 
think that is something admirable, lacking patience. Even one can be very prompt, and that's a good trait, but to be impatient and insensitive to other people's needs that's not a good trait. That's like the person, you see this elderly person crossing the street and maybe maybe you're at a stop sign and, and you're in traffic and you're waiting to go, but this elderly person on a walker is slowly crossing the street because, I mean, they're old. They can't go fast. And you're honking a horn. They're impatient. So why would a person think that a trait like that, insensitivity to another person's need to move slower or someone having some difficulty, why would a person think it's a good treat to be impatient to the point where you become abusive of people? People have to think about that. Why is that? Why would you, I'm impatient. Okay, and so that means you're insensitive to other people's needs and therefore making everybody uncomfortable because you have a desire to move quickly and they can't for whatever their reason is, and you're choosing not to be understanding, why would a person think that's a good trait? Well, the, the thing about this is, is how they live their life, whether they think about it or not think about it, that's just who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, you have, you have narcissists, you have people that are very prideful, you have people that are just uh, constantly angry and irritable and bitter, the list goes on. And this is something they have created this habitual thinking. Mm-hmm. It's habitual. It's habit. So the only way to change it is to change it like you would any habit. Um, but, again, there's no – I don't think there's a true self-awareness of when a person is like that. I think they know, but then they don't know the damage. They, they can't, yeah, they can't see things from the other point of view, even though that, that trait yeah. may have come about as a result of, and I've seen this, you know, uh, parents dragging a little toddler because they're in a hurry, they're late for work or whatever, hurry up, hurry up. And so you're being reprimanded as a child, and you can't walk fast, you're a child, right. and you're stumbling trying to keep up with parents, and you might stumble and fall, and they pick you up and slap you for falling because they're in a hurry because they're late. So you learn <laughs> you learn to be insensitive to other people because someone was insensitive to you. And I've seen that level of insensitivity to children who cannot move faster. They have smaller legs. They are are still mastering motor skills. They cannot keep up with an adult's long stride. You are late to where you're going, and you're angry and fussing at this small child because they can't keep up, and you need to move faster, and you're making them feel bad for being who they are, a child. We do this so much. And so I can see the roots of that, being in that person who maybe they pride themselves on being prompt and early and all of this, and yet they're insensitive to other people who, for whatever reason, need to move slower or can't get someplace at a time because maybe something's happening in their life, and they're mean-spirited, and yet they think that is a good trait because they were treated with insensitivity when they were a child. 
So how do we well, stop that cycle? Uh, well, we well, we know the old saying is misery loves company, so don't feed it. Um, it's very easy for us to do that. Uh, again, the emotional instability of people are based on the 80-20 rule. Uh, and I did a little research on this a while back. Is that, and most people will, some people will even deny this, that we're 80% negative and 20% positive. We are moved more by negative things than we are by positive things. Mm. That's that's the evidence that. The negative is an imprint. So you spend your life avoiding the negative feelings because it's painful. So that's like avoidance living. Everything is to avoid something negative happening because you have that memory of how painful that experience was. And whether it's the person who becomes anorexic because they have a memory of being teased for being fat when they were a child, and so now they've taken the other extreme, you know, and all, all kinds of behaviors that come out of, of the, the insecurities that are created by a painful experience of being treated badly at some point in your life, even though that may be a motivator. I mean, you have multimillionaires who were motivated by the pain of poverty and lack in their childhood, being teased for wearing raggedy clothes or being hungry and not having enough to eat, no money for food. So this negative experience is a great motivator for them Mm -hmm. to strive harder. The challenge is, are you able to still maintain a compassion and a a sensitivity to other people after you've reached whatever level of achievement that was motivated by that negative experience? Sometimes people, as a result of their negative experience, they become great philanthropists and they give to people because they know what it feels like Mm -hmm. to be hungry. Other people may feel like, look, I've made it. I've worked my way up. They're homeless. They're hungry. That's their fault. They're not. They're lazy. They're not working hard enough. And so they become insensitive to the suffering of others. We've all known those kind of people. They have a lot to give, but they choose not to share because they worked hard to get it, and they feel like if I did it, they can too, and they need to suffer. That would motivate them the way it motivated me. Well, maybe it won't. So what do you think about that, that kind of, that kind of motivation based on a negative experience is is it is it a good thing to be motivated by the negative? It can be. Uh, some people have a, a negative experience, uh, let's say a life threatening event, or uh, or some type of uh, you know event or experience in their life where they took it and they turned it around for the better. You see what I'm saying? Uh, you know, people who who are my, you know, I have a good uh, friend of mine that had a, a domestic, you know, in her past, and she took that and she turned around and put it actually in a 5013C and to save and help and assist women who are going through it. So it can have some good feedback, but again, it depends on the mind of that individual. She didn't adopt to the pain. She adopted to the victory 
that person who holds things in until they just explode. Maybe they've got a temper and somehow they pride themselves on exploding when they get to the point where they can't take it anymore as opposed to, like you said, sharing your thoughts, uh, addressing things assertively and resolving a problem. They wait and wait and wait until they have they just can't stand anymore, and then they explode and maybe even 
violently react because something has been building and building and building and they wouldn't talk about it. They they continued to swallow it and swallow it and, and then it just became like a volcano that just erupted. And I used to be that person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Talking about myself now. But I'm not anymore. But okay. um, the book the belief that you shouldn't be upset at something, but you are. And yet somehow the thought was put in your mind, probably early childhood, that you should not respond with anger or you should not express your displeasure or you might have even been punished for expressing expressing your displeasure so you learn not to speak it. But then something inside of you builds and builds and builds, and then suddenly something triggers the anger that was already there, and then you explode. And then you could even be moved to the point of physical violence at someone. And they didn't see it coming because they didn't know that you had been angry for a long time because you had been trained or taught not to express Mm -hmm. it maybe out of, you know, being reprimanded if you express your anger. And, I, and I've, seen, I've seen people do this to children. When children say something they don't like, you know, yeah. well, I don't like spinach. Don't, don't, don't say that. Eat it anyway. Or, you know, I don't want to go to Aunt Mabel's. I don't like her. You don't want to say that. I don't that. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> just not being allowed to speak truthfully as a child so you learn that you are not allowed to express your feelings are not honored when you are a child and so you learn to suppress them but something inside of you will not allow you to just continue to dishonor yourself and your feelings and suddenly the anger is out of control and rather than you being able to be calm and say you know I really am upset at the way you are behaving toward me or I'm upset at this that happened. Instead of being able to confront people calmly, you are now screaming, you know, threats and obscenities and you're, you know, physically attacking them because now you've lost control. Whereas if you had learned how and been permitted to express your feelings while you were calm, maybe discontented, but still calm about it, you could have done it in a healthy manner. So how do we help people who maybe have an explosive temper understand that's not a good trait? That means you are not learning how to express your thoughts in a calm manner. It doesn't mean that you should not have those thoughts or you're not allowed to have those thoughts. Just learn how to be assertive in expressing them so that you're not swallowing them, you're not shoving them down, you're not creating this volcano eruption that is eventually going to happen when you can't stuff any more anger inside. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I got two questions for you, and I have a comment. As you said, you said, I used to be that person. So if you can reflect back during that time when – you allowed your emotions to make your choices and your decisions for you. Because that's what—that's the answer to your question. That's mm-hmm. what people do. They, 
instead of them logically, rationally, you know what I'm saying, uh, you know, understanding reasonably, allowing themselves to think and ponder on a, a, a choice, a decision, words, actions, prior to what they're doing, they don't often do that because they are, again, hurting inside. And yeah. pain causes one to become very short-tempered. It can cause bitterness. Yeah. It can cause a lot of discontentment, discord, hate, rage. Rage. Like, on and on with that. Yeah. You know, um, that's because they're hurting. And they don't, they're not emotionally available. You have to learn. Like you say, like you were this person that you say you were, you have to learn how to feel through your stuff. You see what I'm saying? You have to feel through your moment, feel through your pain. Because when you no longer feel through your pain, you become, I call it, emotionally diverted. Mm-hmm. And we call, you know, it's, it's like you divert. You divert so you don't know any of You get totally in the fix world. Like, you know, why are you talking to me? Why are you touching me? Why, 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 why? You know what I'm saying? And you remain the victim. Now, you ain't coming out against the mentality. Everybody's doing something to you. Everybody's saying something to you. Everybody is focused on you. The question is, is that reality or is that something you are thinking? Mm. Again, we go back to the wise mind. The wise mind is have a balance in between your emotions, which is your heart, and your mind, Mm. which is your brain. They have to balance. If they ever like this, oh, you have a topsy-turvy life, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not a perfect life. Please understand, everyone in the world is emotional. And yes. Some are a little more balanced than most. That's yeah. all it means, right? Yeah. So acknowledge, I, I acknowledge myself. I am aware. I am aware that I am emotional, okay? That's number one. Mm-hmm. Number two is, okay, how emotional are you? That's number two. Number three is, is your emotional causes for you to be temporal? Like uh, what they call a uh, person that is that appears to feel like a victim or appears to be out of control because those are two different people. Mm-hmm. Victims are the ones who sit there and complain constantly, you're doing this to me. And the ones that are out of clothes don't care about whether you think it, say it, because they're out of control. They're going to do what they want to do, run over you, and keep it moving. And usually the victim is the, the actual, uh, what they call, you know, the receiver of this person that's out of control. Yeah. They're not being emotionally available for themselves. Absolutely. Well, we've got so a caller. To be hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, one second. They begin yeah. to... They, they begin to to, to invite that pain, invite that, that pain to them because they see this person saying, oh, you're doing it to me. Why are you treating me this mm-hmm. way? Hey, this is just who they are. And it's, it's, they, not, and it's they, not, they not really you about this you. Way. They treat everybody this right. way. You know what I mean? Right. That's that's another thing, people thinking okay. that it's about them and really that person just being who they are and it's really not personal. That's the thing that has to be learned also. Uh, did you want to take the caller? Uh, let me see. Yes, please. Hopefully we can gonna open up your mic. All right. Area code 872. 
200. Uh-oh, we're having having difficulty uh, opening your mic. I'm so sorry. We apologize. We've had some difficulties with the switchboard today. So uh, 872-200, are you able to speak? I don't think we're going to be able to open their microphone. I apologize for those who are on the switchboard listening. Uh, let me see if we can open the mic for area code 773977. We're trying out. I'm sorry. We're having difficulties. Uh, there is another number I'm going to give you all to call. Uh, and that is, uh, we want you to call in at 312-849-3456. And if you want to hang up and call that number, We'll be able to take your calls. Uh, we'll only be able to take your calls one at a time. So if you have a comment, you'll have to uh, make your comment, and then we'll have to take the next call. And, uh, and you can listen in on the you can listen in on the the five one five six zero five nine three two five number. Uh, or you can come to Facebook and you can type in your comment and yeah. I'll read it back. Yes, for whatever. If, yes, if you're able to 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 come to Soulful Solutions on Facebook, you can write in your comments. Um, but this, of course, is if you want to. If you, for whatever reason, are not on Facebook or or don't have access to Facebook, uh, we'll give you that opportunity. Yes, okay. And I'll keep trying to open your mic, but we 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 are experiencing some technical difficulties with our switchboard today. But we do thank you for listening. Absolutely. Absolutely, yes, yes, yes. But you know that, that you know that 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 I'm issue. Uh, I was just going to say, you know that 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 issue of people thinking other people's misbehavior is about them. Because we have people who are who are rude, who are insensitive, who are short-tempered, who are snappy, and you know you may have been raised by those kinds of people. That's who they are. As a child, you don't know how to separate the way a person behaves from your worthiness to receive that kind of treatment. So it's very easy when you're two, three, four, five years old and you have someone who is speaking harshly to you to ingest the idea that I am not a good person, I am not worthy of love, I'm not smart, I'm not attractive, I'm not loved. It's what you, that's what you come to believe when you're a child and you're treated that way. And if you never are able to grow out of that, then that becomes the way you you process everybody's bad behavior. They did this to me. They don't like me. Uh, maybe I'm not good enough. You know, all those things because you didn't learn that a person's misbehavior is a reflection of them. Every action is an act of self-definition. 
So what they're doing is defining them. It's not defining you. How do you know that if no one ever taught you that, if you never heard another point of view, if you never heard an understanding that would have helped you see that other people's behavior is a reflection of their thoughts, their beliefs, their experiences. If you go to a cashier and you're buying groceries and that cashier is rude or snapping at you or whatever the case may be, maybe their feet hurt. But if, you know, first thing you think, oh, they're racist. Well, you know, <laughs> it might not have anything to do with how you look or, you know, what color they are or you are. Their feet hurt and they're ready to go home. If you've been, however, conditioned to think that other people are treating me badly because they don't like me because that's been your experience as a child, then you won't be able to see it as not about you at all. And most people's misbehavior is really not about you at all. Exactly. It's what's inside the person that actually comes out of the person. It has nothing to do with their environmental stimuli. If they're miserable, they're going to push out misery. If they're angry, they're going to push out anger. If they're fearful, they're going to push out fearful. And I think what happens is, Naima, as we walk this earth and we experience these types of people, we then take it personally. And that's yeah. where we then, uh, I would say, uh, fall short. I'm going to tell you why. It's because everywhere you go, if you're constantly taking people personally, you will be a miserable person. Yeah. Okay? Especially when they're sending you negative vibes by actions and behavior and words. If they're sending you negative vibes, it is your choice. Remember, we a choice in the matter. We have a choice in the matter to accept it as it is or not, period. There's, There's no... You know, you don't you don't have to struggle with this. And you know, a lot of people struggle with this. Why are they doing this to me? Every day I come to work, they treat me this way. Okay, so why are you even in the midst of them? Even in your mind. Okay, you can see five people that, that you say are mistreating you with words and actions. And these people have these energies that's inside of them that often are triggered by other things because they are triggered, then it triggers you. Not everybody's triggering. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But how one day you walk in your workplace, for example, and you're like, okay, today, no matter what someone says or what someone does, I am just going to treat them like a piece of furniture. <laughs> piece of furniture. <laughs> I'm so serious. Yes. And when they respond to me, yes, did you say something? <laughs> oh, were you talking to me? <laughs> what was that? I'm so sorry. I didn't get it. <laughs> Why must we always keep responding to things that we don't want to respond to? Who told mm. you you had to participate in everything you hear and see? That might have been something you grew up with, girlfriend, boyfriend, or whatever, but I'm getting ready to tell you, you need to shut that down. Shut it down. You don't have to respond to everything you hear as though it is true stuff. That's what you get. You believe what they say, whatever it is. Oh, you stupid. Why are you doing that? That don't make no sense. That's dumb. You did it wrong. Excuse me. And why do you need to respond? Are you talking to me? 
Oh, no, you cannot possibly. You could. Because, see, me, I'll get a, a mute in a second, right? And the way I'm you please understand, it's not that I'm not going to use my voice. Mm. I'm going to say, excuse me, I'm present. I'm not invisible. So don't treat me like that. And I'm not your victim. Not today or ever. So let this be known today. So when, if you do decide to come to me in any type of way, fashion, just know you will not get a response. So, so what are your thoughts? right <laughs> there. So, what are your thoughts about people that? Uh, and we've seen this. What are your thoughts about people who feel like they must respond to someone whose behavior is ignorant and out of control? You're, you know, you're 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 in a uh, public place, you know at an event, and maybe somebody does something rude, uh, such as, you know, cut in front of you in line or something like that, and you're, you know, in the line to get food or whatever the case may be, and somebody cuts in front of you, and and you might say, well, excuse me, I was standing here. I don't care. I, I didn't, you know, then they, they respond with such ignorance. And now I've seen situations where that kind of, petty thing, and it's so stupid, oh, you know, these are adults, you know, and, and then I've seen situations where someone just ignores it and say, okay, whatever, and let, let that, that person, you know, rudely get in front of them in line and haul, you know, the food and whatever, but they chose not to respond, they chose to ignore it, and then I've seen situations, same thing, somebody's, you know, getting in front of you in line, and then uh, a person responds, well, I was standing here. I don't care. I, 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 you know, and so then the person who who uh, was first in, was in line first, and the person, and, and they're responding to the person who got in front of them in line, they shoved them. You know, you get away from me. You know, get out of line. I, and then next thing you know, there's a fight over something as little as being in line to get food at a, you know, buffet event or whatever. And you think... That's prime example of a person that, that has short emotional tolerance. And, and the end result is that both people end up being taken away by police and they miss the event altogether, whatever happened, whether they end up in jail or whatever. But you look and they've ruined it for everybody else, you know, set the whole... The vibe of the whole room is now tense and stressed because there was a fight that broke out over something as little as you stood in front of me in line. You know, I've been waiting a long time, and you came and got in front of me. I get it. I understand the concept, but, again, how are you going to give a person your power like that? I mean, seriously. If a person wants to be ignorant, ignorant is just what it is. It's a non understanding of common knowledge, okay? That's what ignorance is. And you can be ignorant in any type of way. So I am not going to treat you like, you know, like you're visible because mm-hmm. you're ignorant. Mm, right. And what I call ignorant, is, again, a person doesn't have common knowledge. We call it common sense, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it, right? Okay, so 
whatever you choose to do, you want to be great, because that's why I tell people, oh, you want to be great today. I'm not going to even acknowledge your greatness. You jump in front of me, if you, if you had the nerve, because I'm, I'm not the only person in your world, okay? Mm-hmm. So that means you've been doing this for a long time. And, you know, uh, for me to sit and argue with you, to get to get to actually put myself and let you have my power, I can't. I cannot do that. Now, it's different if, if somebody actually comes up in your face like this, not even screaming, yelling at you, or touching you or something. That's a whole other situation. But when they got when they got space in between you and that person, you don't know what this person. This could person, this could be a time bomb person. In the mm-hmm. days and seasons that we're in, the worst thing to do is try to tamper with a time bomb. Mm. Okay. There are a lot of time bombs walking around. You don't know who they are. Yeah. That's the thing. It's not like they got this sign on their head, hey, I'm a walking time picking so time bomb. Yeah. No, you don't know. So you just give it. You got faith? You got faith. Mm-hmm. So you take your wiggle of tolerance, your emotional stable self, and don't put yourself in a situation that you can't get yourself out of. And it's not even worth giving your power away. Why would you do that? Why would you be their victim? First, so now coming to you, they say something. Oh, whatever. Okay. What What's the purpose of going back and forth? You're not going to stop. You're not right. going to solve anything. You're not going to fix what's, what's, what's happen inside of them. Again, yeah. It's going to escalate. You know, you have to, one thing about being emotionally secure. You have to practice the escalation. Within yourself. That, yes. Okay, you can't de-escalate anyone else. Until you first you, I mean, de-escalate. You can if they're listening to you. Yeah. If they but you have to learn how to de-escalate yourself. Right. First and foremost. If you're right. in a confrontation with someone, right. de-escalate yourself. Right. So you can think clearly. So you can make, a, you know, a power move. Because, see, don't. If you don't de-escalate yourself, you're not going to make a power move. You're going to do exactly what they want you to do, fall to the ground. And then they're they're controlling you. When when someone can, you say someone made you mad, that means they're controlling you. They're controlling your emotions instead of you controlling your emotions. No one can make you mad unless you give them the power to. No one has buttons people push. People have buttons inside them that are being. Pushed. Yeah. So you gotta understand the difference. And so you know, and we always say, "Oh yeah, I'm tired of you pushing my buttons. I'm tired of you doing this. I'm tired of you doing that. I'm tired of you doing." Okay, well, if you tired, stop reacting to it. Right. What is the purpose? No one's making you. You the one reacting to it. To. You know, well, they doing mm-hmm. this to me. They go, "Okay, here we go back to that victim mentality." Right. When you are a victim, you will always be a victim. You will always have somebody harassing you. You will always find fault in this. You will always, 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 because you got a victim mentality. Right. I think that it's hard for people to take responsibility for that. Retality. Well, we know why. Because they got to change. They got to change. Change is, is a very difficult thing for people to do. They want something different, but they got to do something different. Yeah. And not only that, let me tell you what it is. When you remove victim mentality, you are more emotionally secure within yourself. Now you're not at that point where you are always walking on eggshells around people. 
No, no, you let your yes be yes and your no be no. And that's the word of God. I am going to do this. Yes, I am. Okay? Am I concerned about what he says, she says? No, I'm not. I'm not stepping on anyone. I guess this is my mind. Why can't I do what I need to do? Now, the thing about this is if I find myself, my actions are producing issues within my life and somebody else's life, I need to take full responsibility and say to myself, okay, self, are you all right? (laughs) (laughs) You know, because it seems like everywhere you go, there's an issue, right? And I'm not saying that it's always your fault. Please, that's not what I'm telling you. I'm saying to be mindful of what you attach yourself to and what you don't attach yourself to. Because we attach ourselves to that consent. A man or person coming in the store, jumping the line, so we realize it, you know, we back and forth with this person. Just fall out all day. Okay? He's yeah. gone. Yeah, and, and we, we still got the, the, the one incident. We still got the high blood pressure from that. I can't let you take my job. Yeah, my job belongs to me. It don't belong to nobody else in the world. So how give it to me. Okay, so what am I saying? What am I saying? Let me say this real quick. I'm saying be mindful of your actions and also what you believe coming out of somebody else's mouth, period. Because mm. if you believe it, you're going to treat it like truth. Mm. So we, we, it's going to affect mm. your life every single day. So I, I want to let our callers who are listening and who are on the line know that we are having some issues with our blog talk um, switchboard. We're not ignoring you. I do see the hands up here where you uh, are wanting to speak. We're still working on trying to open your mic. So 706-202-773-221, we we do see you. We're going to keep trying to open your mic. uh, But, again, you can go to... Facebook and go to Soulful Solutions and write in your comments and we'll pull them up on screen and uh, Dr. Debbie will address them because we do have a few here. Uh, Carla Berry has joined us saying good morning. Deborah says, <laughs> oh, I hope you're listening. Lord, thank you for these lessons. <laughs> yes, yes. So, so many people that uh, need to take responsibility, their own reaction. Now, what are your thoughts about this? I, we all know people like this. They, they're constantly complaining about what other people are doing. And they're stuck there. You know, well, this person needs to stop doing this, and this person needs to, to, to act like that, and this person. And they, it's like they are choosing to be miserable because someone else won't change their behavior. Now, that can be the reality, whether it's a spouse, a child, a friend, a coworker, or a complete stranger. But you're stuck on what they are doing, and you're angry every time they do what they're doing, and you feel like you need to make them change what they're doing, and you're choosing to be upset at what they're doing instead of realizing that's who they are and being at peace so that you can enjoy your life. How do people get out of, first of all, how did, what, what, is that, what is that serenity prayer? God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. 
So if you have someone in your life and maybe they're an ignorant acting person, uh, whatever it is, they're rude, they're inconsiderate, they're, they're unkind in their speech, whatever it is, that's who they are. That's who they have chosen to be. That's how they're expressing what's inside of them. You can choose to either not be in their presence or to ignore their behavior, like Dr. Debbie, and <laughs> treat them like a piece of furniture. You're there, but I'm not really paying any attention to you. You're not going to make me respond with your level of ignorance. I think some people have difficulty with that. I have seen situations where someone who everyone knows is rude and maybe even vulgar or whatever the case may be, that person says something that could be offensive and the person who feels like they need to respond, well, I'm not going to let them get away with saying that. So they then start an argument. And so you have two people arguing back and forth when, in fact, if everybody had ignored that person, they would have had no power or influence to change a whole mood or a whole atmosphere. So why are we empowering people to destroy our peace? And, you know, and I, and I asked a friend of mine who had responded to someone's ignorant remark, well, why did you even respond? I'm not going to let her get away with saying that. But why, why do you need to, why do you need to prove something? Well, I just want to let her know she can't say that around me. Okay. And why do you need to, why do you need to feel that you must be right or you must have the last word or your thoughts must dominate the conversation. I mean, why do you feel like you need to make that statement? I just want her to know that she's not going to say that around me. And so I'm looking at someone feeling like they need to prove something. Where does that come from? People who always need to have their thought be the the deciding thought or the dominant thought or the did they need to win the conversation? What does that come from, that that belief that you must and you're going to argue until that person concedes that you are right or you're going to not let them have the opinion that they have that you don't agree with? Where does that, where does that attitude come from? Why can't a person just choose to ignore that person they disagree with? It's called comparison. It's called comparison. It's, it's called comparison. It's comparison. People compare themselves to, to things all the time, and they're very judgmental, okay? Mm-hmm. And we all are to a certain degree. But the thing about it, when you do it to the extreme, it's just that you, some people want to have the last word, and they want they want to be heard. They want to be seen they, because they was not like that when they were children. Remember, when you were treated invisible, like you are a piece of furniture, so when you become an adult, you want the world to know. You want to give a good shout. Hey, I'm, see me. See me. You will not treat me like I'm invisible. You will not treat me like I'm not worth anything. You will not treat me in any type of way, even though, again, you're the one that is responding. Mm-hmm. You responded to somebody that you say is treating you some kind of way. So you say, well, what, they're win or whatever. I don't want them to win. I don't want them to think that. Okay, now you're thinking for the other person to 
for them. You're making their decisions for them, and you're making your decisions for yourself. So who's winning? Not a soul. Nobody's winning. Who has any understanding? Who has any knowledge? Who has any wisdom in this conversation? Nobody, Mm. unfortunately. (laughs) Wasted breath. Absolutely. Again, if a person comes to you like that, it is. I'm like, I'm gonna waste my what, ten minutes, fifteen minutes. I have a minute that you go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. This ain't no debatable tea. We're not doing this on the platform. <laughs> but this is life. Yeah. Why, why am I constantly going back and forth with you? I'm even gonna make a decision. I'm gonna make a decision. Well, well, you know me, and I would advise, and I don't give advice, but I give guidance. For those who are, if you got, you find yourself in this position, take mm. your power back. And when you say, say whatever you got to say, mute it. And let them know why they could be chop chopping away. It doesn't matter. Excuse me. Uh, this is what I have to say, and I'm done with that. Mm. You know, people have a difficult oh, time with that. That's who you've been, though. People yeah. fish people. Let me tell you something. Ooh, fishing. You know how you catch a fish? Yeah. You catch a fish. Like, real bait. Right? <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's what they do. They can wait on you. You may not catch it this time, so they're going to throw it out there again. Mm-hmm. They just want, they want Baiting you. somebody <laughs> to catch it. So whatever, right? We call arguing, like I say we. I'm talking about me, myself, and I. We call arguing, <laughs> constantly being offended, constantly being on the fit, on the fit all the time, the bait of faith. Okay? Mm. Because that's what it is. You could be going through your day. And all of a sudden, as you say, if somebody comes out and says something, and that's like, what? What are you talking about? Blah, 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 blah. Okay, here we go. Okay? I'm not going to let you have that opinion. <laughs> so we're going to argue. You're going to be on the hook. You're going to be on the hook. And you will waste time. Have you ever saw a fish on the hook? What does a fish on the hook do? They get caught up in it, and they got to yeah. it out of their mouth. Oh, it's the same process. Oh. It's in your face. It's in your spirit. It's in your mind. Mm. It's in your mouth. And then it has to twist out. That person is already gone. They're going off the phone, walked away in the store, mm. or wherever you had the altercation at. And you're still upset. Family, friends, co-workers. Yeah, you're going to still be upset because you still got the hook in your mouth. Ooh. Man, you don't want to call fate. Ooh. You
until they beat that person down. I have seen people almost come to blows because they have a differing opinion about something. Okay, you may support a particular candidate and you may support a particular uh, ideology. Whatever that is, you have that right to believe that. We can share thoughts. Okay, I believe this for this reason, and I can listen to you, and you believe that for that reason. Okay, well, there maybe there's some commonalities. Maybe there's some differences. It's okay if you differ. Why must I make you believe what I believe? And why must I insult you if you don't? You're stupid to think that. I, I've seen people do this, and I've seen people do that about politics, and I've seen them do it about religion. And with religion, as we know, it can get to the point of such extreme hostility. People go to war and kill each other because we have a different belief about God and whatever theology and, 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 and rituals express our belief systems about the creator of the universe because we have a differing concept. I'm going to argue with you, and if you don't agree with me, I'm going to kill you. Does that make any logical sense? And yet it's happening all over the world, and I've seen families divide over that. I've seen people issue all kinds of insults and threats over that, and I've seen friendships end over that. You're a this, I'm a that. I can't talk to you anymore because your belief about God is different than mine. You're a not good person. God doesn't even like you because you're not correct, and so I don't even want to talk to you anymore. I've heard and seen and experienced that with people that you would think would have a deeper understanding, and yet they believe that's correct. So how do we get people or how do we help people evolve out of a misunderstanding that people must agree with you in order for you to be pleasant to them, in order for you to see them as a person of equal value as you, in order for you to be kind. How do we help people to get to that point of self-realization? Okay. Oh, my goodness. I'm not trying to be funny. But uh, people are like pulling teeth. Mm. Okay. All right. When it comes to... Uh, a negative feeling, and you, and they're used to doing it because we get addicted. People get addicted. Remember, we're hardwired, okay? Mm-hmm. And whatever's happening into their virtual mind is totally different in reality. I'm going to read something real quick to you. A man's words will always express what has been treasured in his heart. Mm-hmm. Okay? So whatever words that she's coming out with, if that word is anger, if that word is frustration, if that word is blame, if that word is name-calling, put-down, complaining, uh, yelling, insecure flattery, racial divide, uh, lying, manipulating, deception, all of these things, it's in his heart. And that was Luke 6.45, just for those who want the word. And it's in his heart. So where, like you said, he has to take that, and he has to have some type of decency within himself. Of course, if he was raised or whatever the case is, but, again, 
when we were a child, we thought of a child, but when we become a man or woman, we put away childish things, which means we need to come out of mentality of being the victim, come out of the mentality of looking for victims as well. Mm. You see yeah. what I'm saying? One other thing, it's virtually, I'm reading this out of a great book, it's by Hal Urban, Life's Greatest Lesson. For those who want a good read, Hal Urban, whoever you are, my dear, uh, Life's Greatest Lesson, 20 Things That Matter. He, he says, it's virtually impossible to conceal who we are. Our words will eventually reveal what's stored both in our hearts and in our minds. While we, while we are not always aware of it, we say something about ourselves every time we open our mouth. Mm. The wise Solomon wrote thousands of years ago that only gracious words come from the mouth of wise people and that fools are consumed by their own lips. We'd all be wise to examine more closely what our words are uncovering about us. Mm, what your words are uncovering about yourself. Whatever's coming out of your mouth is what's inside of you. That's right. That's right. Like you said, why don't people do A, B, C, D? It's inside of them. Mm. They have no, we need to be aware of what's coming out of our mouth. Mm. Now people have, do not have this awareness. So they're they saying they're spewing out whatever's inside of their mouth out into the world. And then whoever is catching it, they're catching it, and because they're not sure about what's going on inside of them and don't have no security within themselves, they catch it, and they become that same sputum, okay? Mm. And they spewed it out to someone else. And it's a chain reaction, Naima. That's the reason why we have death. That's the reason why we have hurt and pain in this world, because no one is aware of what they're pushing out into the world. Mm. And that, again, it comes down to what was put inside of you starting from childhood, even even before childhood, even while you were in the womb. What was put inside of you? And repair. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We got to repair. We have to repair. We got to look for healing. We got to seek it. Yeah. And, and, and like you say, you got to know it's in there. You have to know it's in there. I find, and, and I've, I've, you you know, I've been lately just listening to various, various people, you know, on, you know, different YouTube channels, some that are trying to uh, offer spiritual enlightenment. And you have, you have the ones whose message is loving and, and compassionate and healing and then you have those that are harsh and condemnatory and fire and brimstone and God's going to burn you in hell kind of messages. And what I see is that people who early on were given anger and punitive, harsh treatment, that's what's inside of them. And so that's what they perceive that God is. Yes. unforgiving, mean-spirited, punitive, hurtful, painful, vengeful, um, taking sides of one against the other. You know, I, I like these people. I don't like these people. I hate these people. I love these people. These people are good. These people aren't worthy. I mean, because that's what they experienced. 
And so they're believing that the creator of all somehow has favorites and those that are despised and rejected because perhaps they were despised and rejected. So they're projecting that thought onto the creator of all. And that's what is inside of them. So that becomes what they preach. And it doesn't matter what religion it is, you will manifest that belief regardless of whatever you are theologically because it isn't what's in the scripture, it's what's inside of you. So you will interpret whatever you read as meaning that same level of meanness, punitive, unloving behavior, because that's what you have on the inside. So how does a person recognize that they need to clean out the inside in order for them to be able to receive and share something that is healing and uplifting rather than hurtful and damaging? Well, you know, you have people that walk this earth that it's just, again, uh, they're very miserable, and they want to stay that way, unfortunately. You mm. know, think, I don't understand. Why would you want to stay feeling miserable? I've mm. sat in the company of people over the years. That say, I, I've never experienced happiness. Wow. I don't know what peace is. Wow. And these people are adults. Mm. They're not children. Okay, so... That means they've lived their life as long as they know it. They've never true happiness. So they don't know what it feels and like. Any type of peace. They've all no. So think about that. If can't you give never what you don't have. It, if you never know what it is, how do you know you you can't recognize it? Mm. It's foreign to you. Mm. It's like a foreign language you never spoke before. You don't understand it. Mm. And then you have people that do recognize peace. They they are very aware of what it is. And they say, well, I have it sometimes, but, you know what I'm saying, I don't have it all the time, but at least I know what it is. Yes. The ones who don't know what it is, who don't have any awareness of that, even they can uh, choose it today, you know what I'm saying, because they never felt it before. So they, they, they find themselves, it's a foreign, it's foreign to them. So mm-hmm. when a person comes to introduce it in a beautiful package, they hear it is. Here it is. It's wrapped up in this beautiful bow, and I gave it to you. I want you to have it. What is that? I never had that before. What do wow. you want? Wow. I'm serious. That's mm. what they because they're so they they they're so wrapped up into defense. Remember, I told you you got offense and you got defense. Mm. And I'm not talking about sports. Okay, I'm talking about life. <laughs> yeah. And people get offended very easily, and they defense they defend very easily. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Without even thinking. You got both of these fences up around you and no more wow. why you ain't got no peace. You want to know why you don't have no peace? It's because you need to put the fences down, drop it down. Oh no, they're going to hurt me. That's what they're afraid of. Mm. People are afraid of being hurt. And I get it. I understand. But Pain is a part of life. You cannot divert from pain. And if you say someone is hurting you with, with, their, with their words, that's what you say. That ain't what they say. That's what you say. Mm, and, and no one. If you continue yeah. to say that, then all the words that resemble to their words that you're going to, because fear attracts fear. Mm. Whatever's in you, it's going to 
that's the reason why it seems like it's following you. Mm-hmm. It's because it's inside of you. If you do the process of elimination, elation in your nerve endings, in your mm-hmm. temperament, you will notice that life will be different. Yeah. You know, Deepak Chopra said something very important. And this is also a part of quantum physics. If we practice a life of neutrality, we will mm. be better off. Mm. Neutrality, mm. which means I'm not going to judge you of your words. Ah. I'm not going to judge you of your actions. I will not take you personally. Yeah, it's not personal. It's if you invite joy, I will receive your joy. If mm. it's not tainted. If you invite love and you give me love, I would receive your love. If it's not tainted. Mm. Tainted means that it's, it's for something you want in return. Yeah. But if you give it to me unconditionally, mm-hmm. without asking for anything, I will take it. If there is a condition behind those things, I'm sorry. I don't want mm. Only because uh, I may not be able to fulfill your conditions. And then you will stop feeling some way about me. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to stop feeling some way about you. Now we're in this thing called conflict. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So you practice neutrality. Stop labeling things in your life, good or bad. Just say, oh, it's neutral. Oh, that's what it Start is. Start accepting <laughs> things quicker than, Acceptance. you know, that's what it is. You know what I'm saying? And when we start doing this on a common level of, of every day, every day, remain neutral. You know what I'm saying? If you put the car in neutral, it what doesn't do? It stands still. Doesn't move forward or backward. It, it doesn't do anything. They write it, it in. Right yeah. And, okay, and I want those who understand this right here. When you are neutral, stand still and know you say God. That's why he said remain neutral. Mm. That's what neutral means. That means that I am not going to escalate left, right, or behind me, or in front of me. I'm going to stand still just for a moment. You know, I'm not saying forever. Mm-hmm. You know, but look at everything in life as a neutral plane. Mm. It's neutral for people to say things and do things and whatever. And if it's coming out of them, if they seem like anger is coming out of them, that's theirs. That's not mine. Right. Stop claiming things right. Right. that does not belong to you. Right. It does not belong to you, so why do you act like it does? Yes. Who told you? Who, who created that law? Did you create that law? Every time someone comes to you with a hostile word, that you want to constantly uh, react to? Why? Yeah. What's the purpose Why, it? Why do you need to react? Yeah. Good. Right. Because your nerve endings go wet. <laughs> yeah. And then here comes that adrenaline. You know when we get angry, the adrenaline releases from our brain. Mm. And then we go with the threat like a, a wild animal. Mm. Seriously. We go into threat mode. And that threat mode don't just go poof. It has to come down. It's like a wave. So what causes people to have what causes people to have headaches after they've been angry? Is that stress. the the, the is, that the hormones the stress releasing in, the, in their brain? Well, no, it's, 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 it's your central and you got a peripheral, systematic, and a central nervous system. Mm-hmm. All of those are affected by adrenaline. Every mm-hmm. last one of them. Mm-hmm. So when we get upset, we go into threat mode. Mm-hmm. Fight fight or flee, whatever you want to do. Mm. You want to freeze, you're going to shut down. Mm. You want to fight, you're going to walk away. Mm-hmm. It, 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 they know it's real simple, right? So whenever you are, you know, using those things, 
I mean, I will tell you to ponder first before you do anything. Somebody could be screaming at the top of their lungs. You sitting there like, mm. okay. Had that experience recently. <laughs> Start observing. Start observing and stop taking it personally. Yeah. When you start observing, then you're not you're not a participant <laughs> at all. Go into a very Yeah. Okay? And then guess what? At some point, they're going to stop talking because they just do. Right. Okay. And some point, if you don't feed it, then they, they have nothing to to okay. keep so it going. I, yeah. I would like, and you ask them, okay, um, you know, so. What was your point you made? Oh, they may get really angry at that point. I said, I'm, what do you mean? I was trying to tell you something. Well, you were screaming, yelling, I can't hear you. <laughs> because I can't hear you. Oh, never mind. And, and that just gives you a, a quick way out. Because <laughs> when you see yeah. fire with fire, you're going to get fire. Right, like, right. Like you will get more fire. You will get combusted. Right.
And you'd be surprised of the, the power of silence because when you say nothing, and a person is going on and spewing out all kinds of ignorance out of their mouths, vulgarities, curse words, name-calling, whatever it is, if you say absolutely nothing, then there's nothing anybody to see, there's nothing for anyone to see except that person and their own ignorance. If you are silent, that's all that they see, and at some point they have to look at themselves because you've given them nothing. You have not said that. You've let it burn itself out. And they got to look at the scorched earth that they created. You didn't participate in that. Sometimes people look at themselves and realize how ridiculous they sounded, and sometimes they don't. But either way, they didn't make you sound and look ridiculous by responding to them. So that's self-mastery. You must master your own self, which means mastering how you feel about yourself. And if you have doubts about your worth, then you'll feel like you need to defend an attack but you don't need to defend an attack because they can't attack you. They can't change the reality of who you are. There's nothing anybody can say or do that changes the reality of who you are. So there's nothing to defend. Absolutely. Yes. Well, uh, Zelda Robinson has a message from one of the listeners uh, on Blog Talk, I believe. Grand Rise and Bob McClellan, uh, Sun Horse asked, Grand Rising, not on Facebook. Okay, can you ask Dr. Debbie Green, uh, learned helplessness is it a major problem? Absolutely, sir. Learned helplessness is one of those things that we acquire uh, acquire, uh, in early uh, childhood uh, where we learn that we cannot be independent to make a choice for ourselves, one, and also uh, allow our environment to control us in any type of aspect. It could be uh, mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually. Um, and if that environment is unhealthy, then we learn how to adapt to that environment. Mm. Then what happens is as we grow older, we then uh, don't make the uh, decisions for ourselves that we should make to change our world, to change our lifestyles and our minds, and we just kind of sit and dwell in the dysfunctional uh, life that was might have been lived prior um, to to actually uh, then cause all these other issues, um, feeling of hopelessness, uh, feeling unworthy, untrustworthy within yourself. You no longer trust yourself. Um, then you lose your identity within yourself as well as the, uh, I call it the thrive of life. And a lot of times people go into deep depression mm. during that time. If it's, a, if it's an ongoing uh, active, you know, behavior, if it's ongoing, right, from childhood all the way to adulthood, yeah, depression will set in. It will set in very quickly, and it's usually reoccurring, which means that it happens once one time, and then it keeps happening, and it keeps cycling, keeps cycling, uh, you know, then, of course, they go and have to get medication uh, to remove that, but really and truly, it's not the problem with the medication. Mm-hmm. In other words, the medication is not the answer. The answer is looking at oneself and actually realizing that they're not making a common choice or decision for their well-being your well-being, you know, you're making decisions, but you're not doing anything to change anything. 
just allowing everything to stay the same because, again, you've learned it like this. Whether we're hardwired, whatever you learn is how you're going to lead your life. If you have a, if you learned a life of progress, of success, okay, you're going to lead your life like that. You know, if you, whatever you've learned, uh, again, core beliefs, that's what we call them. We call them core. Deep down inside, they have uh, been wired inside our DNA. You know, every every cell holds a memory in our brain, and it's a learned factor. That's why when we went to school, we can learn our ABCs and one, two, threes. You'll never forget that. You know, it's learned. So what is it when you learn from helplessness? It's learned. Mm. And it's not forgotten. How how can it be unlearned? How is it possible, even though it's maybe a core belief that has called a person to have a pattern of of not being able to come up with creative ways of, of maybe taking care of themselves or, or creating it, whether it's creating an income or being able to manage their health, whatever it is, believing they don't have the power to do it, can they unlearn that? by maybe reading something, maybe be inspired by a video, you know, can something turn the light on in their brain where they say, oh, I've been thinking that I couldn't do this all my life, but I really can. I mean, is, is, it, is it possible even as an adult they can somehow see the light, so to speak, and change that core belief of, of their own learned helplessness? Absolutely. It just comes with a choice and mm-hmm. consistency. It comes with a choice, but you have to be consistent. Uh, you can't you can't get it if you're not consistent mm. because it's not going to stick. It has to stick. So the only way to, to to create a new pathway in the brain is to do it over and over again. Mm. The same way. You got uh, our YouTube watcher. Look at that. Oh, that's my hold oh. there. Yes, Deborah Smith says, I've learned to be still in my mind. Deborah Smith, I've learned to be still in my mind when a situation comes up. I'm so glad you learned that. You know what you do? Let me tell you what happens when you be still. You allow your nervous system to settle. You allow. It's called the power of pause. Allow your nervous system to settle. It's called the power of pause. You allow your nervous system to settle down. Like it may be, ah, uh, mm-hmm. whatever it is. And then when you sit still, it just deep breathe. Just breathe. Let your nervous, nervous system, system settle. And people are not realizing that when you're upset, your nervous system is reacting. Your biochemical reaction in your brain, yeah. everything is, 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 is all upset. You have to still yourself. Be still, be still, and know that I am God. Is that not the scriptures? So, still, yes. calm yourself. That's the most powerful thing you can it. do. It's not worth it. Absolutely. Yes. And what was that last comment? I, I, I missed that. Uh, yeah. What was that comment from Zelda? I missed that. Yes. Oh. Post-traumatic growth. <laughs> she says, Baba Kwame says, post-traumatic growth. Wow. Yeah, you have to grow after your trauma. Post-traumatic growth. <laughs> 
So I guess if, if, if you recognize that you've been traumatized, you got you got to grow. Yeah. Love the power of all. Breath work is crucial. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. Breath work. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Zelda, I thought about you the other day. <laughs> and, you know, Zelda does a breathing exercise. And Zelda, I thought about you the other day. Somebody was screaming at me and cursing. And I thought about you, and I just started breathing. And like Dr. Debbie said, calm your nervous system. Because when I was that person in the past that I mentioned, the, 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 the person that would blow up in the past, I would have responded with the same energy of anger. Uh, we, got, we got three minutes. Let me answer that. Yeah, the person, there was someone that I knew. Yeah. No, no, it wasn't random. It was a person that I knew. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a person that I knew. That that was the, That's their personality. And so I chose not to be triggered. No, listen carefully. How often do you see this person? Pretty often uh, recently, but that, this is the first time that they had blown up at me like that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's something going on with them deep down inside of the line of fire. Okay? Yeah. Be careful of the line of fire. Yeah. Don't let them put, don't, don't let them, if they, if they can't talk to you the same way, they don't deserve being around you. That's all I have to say about that. No, ma'am. No, you yeah. can give them two or three times if you want to, but I would advise you to limit that because if it happens once, it's a good chance it'll happen again, and it needs to be addressed. Mm. Just don't scream and yell at me. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I'm not your victim, baby. Mm. I am not invisible, so don't treat me as such. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah you're right. You know, yeah, people I'm have... Letting you know, I'm not invisible. Yeah, yeah that's, that's I'm not invisible. You have to tell them, I'm not invisible. Mm-hmm. So do not treat me as such. And you know, again, people. I'm not going to come out my, my mouth like, like you come out your mouth to right. me because I'm not your victim. Right. But I just want to let you know, I'm not invisible. Absolutely. And I hear you and I see you. So you make the choice how you want to be treated by me, not you treat me because I can see you got problems with that. Mm. Yeah. I'm gonna give that to you. Mm. I'm gonna let you have your bad day, but just trust me, know that this ain't gonna be too many bad days. <laughs> yeah. 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 Sometimes you have to let them know. I'm love. I'm love that. Uh, right. Because people will get comfortable in spewing, like I told you. If Absolutely. And that's and right. We've come to the end of our show today, but you can hear every show in the archive at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the dash female dash solution. You can also hear today's show on the Female Solution Facebook page. Go to www.facebook.com slash the female solution. Leave your comments about today's show. 
You can always reach right. me on my website at www.naimalatif.com. That's www.naimahlatif.com. Watch our TV shows. Listen to our radio shows. Order our books. And be sure to get your copy of the book, The Female Solution. On behalf of our team of radio hosts, I'd like to thank all of you who participated in today's discussion. And to our global family listening from all around the world, we say thank you. To our family in China, Cheshe, India, Lanyaba, Japan, Alinato, Korea, Kamsanida, Russia, Spasiba. Germany, Danke, Poland, John Cunion, France, Merci, Spain, Gracias, Italy, Grazie, Egypt, Shukran, Ghana, Medasi, Nigeria, Eshe, South Africa, Ngiabonga, Senegal, Jared, Kenya, Asante, Israel, Toda, Pakistan, Shukriya, Afghanistan, Tashakur, Saudi Arabia, Shukran. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Thank you, and may peace be upon you and the mercy of God and God's blessings. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.